Welcome to this presentation from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. We are located in the greater Los Angeles area at 9820 Lakewood Boulevard in Downey, California. We would love to have you worship with us any Saturday you are in our area. Well, good morning, everybody. Great to be with you all again this week. And uh, today we uh, are going to be looking at the life of Peter. But before we do so, let's go ahead and begin with a word of prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you again for the wonderful opportunity to gather together to worship, and especially now as we look to the scriptures. Be with us as we look at the life of Peter, Lord, a disciple and as well a faithful and and a rock in the church, literally, to lead uh, and guide to the future. In Jesus' name, amen. Wanda Vasayo, I assume that's how I've pronounced her name, uh, tells of a story where there was a, a gem dealer who was in Tucson for the, the Tucson Gem and Stone Show, or Mineral Show, I'm sorry. And as he was walking along various vendors, there was one particular vendor that he saw that had this huge, uh, a blue and violet stone. It was in the shape and basically the size of a potato, so it was a pretty good sized rock. But this was not just any stone. He recognized for what it was. And so as calmly as he could, he asked the vendor, could I please purchase this? Would you you say maybe $15 for it? The vendor actually looked at it. He looked in, in the basket and he said, nah, I'll sell it to you for $10. And, and, and the, the, the dealer, he's, he, he can't believe it. And he said, are you serious? So he purchases it. He goes and uh, he makes sure that it's certified. And it turns out that this stone, it was a natural, sap, sap, natural star sapphire. It was a, a, a 1,905 carat. It was 800 carats larger than the largest stone of its kind and when it was uh, valued for a monetary figure at the time it was worth 2.28 million dollars now this this story is uh, somewhat old so by now I'm sure it's worth even more how much I don't know but the point of the story is that this man this gem dealer who loved stones and gems and minerals and, and dedicated his life to this study as he was walking along, he noticed what seemed like uh, normal and, and, and maybe even thrown off to the side as something that is valuable. So it took a lover of stone to recognize the value of the stone, and yet it also took a lover of souls to recognize the true value of ordinary looking people, just like you, just like me, and just like all around us. Now, when we look to the book, uh, or uh, not just to the book, but the Bible, there is one figure that stands out as well, who was unlikely as the most unexpected of individuals to become a leader in the church. So much so, he became, he's one of my personal favorite heroes and, and one of the figures of the Bible that I can certainly relate to. I'm talking about the disciple, Peter. And who is Peter? Well, originally, uh, he was one of the first disciples called Peter, his brother Andrew, James, and John. They were all fishermen. And at the time as well, fishermen, they, they were kind of rough around the edges. Um, 
probably you could say that they, they, they spoke what they thought, I'm sure. And, um, you know, just like uh, most the Jewish boys, they, they would have gone through the system, they would have learned uh, the Torah and everything, and perhaps maybe they didn't qualify to pass on to become a rabbi, so they had to find another trade. And for them, fishing was their love, was their passion, it's what they knew. Now, fishermen, they weren't necessarily on the higher end of the, the social stratus of uh, the totem pole. They were, they were down on the lower end, but yet... He was one of the first disciples that Jesus calls. He was from a village of, or, or a town called uh, Bethsaida. We knew he was married because Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law. Although we don't know the name of his wife, um, but uh, at least all three synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, attest to the fact of Jesus healing Peter's mother-in-law. Now, originally as well, his name was Simon, but in Matthew 16, he then also, Jesus begins to call him Peter, which means the rock, which was a forerunner of the fact that he would help usher and lead in the church to be the, to be the rock, to be a foundation to help move the church forward. Peter also, Cephas being rock, or sometimes we call pebbles. And Jesus, he tells Peter, James, John, and Andrew to come follow me. Now, can you imagine, okay, so you're, you're, you're working your job and Jesus comes along and he says, come follow me. And they left everything. They left their nets, they left their boats to, to fulfill a call, a calling in life to follow Jesus for the rest of their lives. In many respects, they gave up everything that they knew. They knew that they would not be staying in a fancy house or at the Hilton they may not have even had a place, a roof over their head. But yet, Peter is one of the most faithful, loyal disciples. You know, there, there's this uh, incident that happened in my life. I think I was uh, probably about 15 or 16 years old, and I was in, in um, Arizona. I think it was at the Glendale, Arizona church with my aunt, my Aunt Annie. And she posed a question to me at the time. And uh, it was in Sabbath school. I remember distinctly. She said, you know, if Jesus, if, if somebody were to tell you to get on a bus to go to L.A. and spread the word of God, would you do it? And I think it was it was the illustration of I think it was Jesus. And, and I, I'm probably at this point in my life, it was probably more of naivety than faith. But I, I was dead set saying, yes, I will go. <laughs> now, a lot of time and a lot of water has passed underneath. And, and frankly, sometimes I think about that. Incident, and I, and I realized, do I have the same faith and courage to adamantly say yes? You know, life has a way of, of changing our perspective, of maturing us. And, um, you know, I, I think that in, in some ways, when I was younger, I had a lot more gumption and impetuousness, much like Peter as well. Um, could I leave everything to get on a bus and go? Much like Peter, when Jesus says, come follow me. Realistically, I'm a little hesitant. But yet, I love Peter because Peter is well. Peter, although he was sometimes impetuous, he was honest, he was real, he, he spoke with what was on his mind. In fact, in Matthew 16, Peter was one of the first individuals to recognize Jesus who, for who he was, that he was the Son of God, that he was the chosen Messiah. And as well, uh, as I indicated earlier, in Matthew 16, Jesus changes 
Peter's name from Simon to Peter. And as well, if you look through uh, scripture, you'll find that Peter, he was bold. He was not afraid to take the first step, much like the first sermon that I preached in, uh, at Downing Church uh, almost a year ago. That he, uh, when, when Jesus came out walking on the water, Peter was the one to say, Lord, can I please come walk out to you? And so he gets out of the boat and he starts to walk on water and as those of us who are familiar with the story though when he almost gets to jesus he starts to think and he cries out in faith lord save me and so although he maybe lost sight and faith in the middle of that story it took the courage to be able to get out of the boat and and jesus as well he peter learns from this experience and jesus saves him and brings him back safely to the boat and again just as i indicated earlier as well in john uh, and i think it was um when Jesus wanted to wash the disciples' feet, Peter spoke his mind. He's like, they're not going to wash my feet. And then when Jesus calmly counsels him even further, he said, well, not just my feet, Lord, but my hands and my head and everything. Peter as well. I love the fact that uh, Peter as well, he was loyal and faithful to Jesus. So much so that when Jesus was actually arrested, uh, it's alluded to the fact that Peter as well was the one who defended. He took his sword and, and he cut, uh, I believe it was Malchus's ear, the servant of the high priest. Loyalty, faithfulness, boldness. And yet we also realize too that while Peter was all of these things, he also fell at times. One of these times was the fact that Jesus, sorry, Peter uh, alluded to the fact that he would never deny Christ, that he was willing to give his life up. And yet Jesus responds with the fact that, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter's thinking, wow, when would I do that? And sure enough, when Jesus is arrested, when, when he's being tried, and eventually Peter is caught by this girl. He says, you're, you're the disciple. You're one of Jesus' disciples. And he doesn't deny Jesus just once or twice. In fact, on the third time, he starts swearing, denying that he was a disciple of Jesus. And it was at this point that a man who had followed Jesus for three whole years, seeing Jesus do hundreds, if not thousands of miracles. In fact, later on in John, it alludes to the fact that the scriptures don't even tell of all of the miracles because there were too many that Jesus had done to contain in this book. Peter, of all disciples who had been faithful and loyal, denies Jesus three times. So much so that even when Jesus is hanging on a cross, where are all the disciples save for the beloved disciple, the one who eventually Jesus entrusts to the care of his own mother into this disciple's hands. Now, the crux of today's passage, uh, of, of today's uh, sermon, is found in John 21, where the disciples, after Jesus had died, and he'd, arrived, he'd already revealed himself twice to the disciples. The disciples go back to the boat, something that they knew that they could do well, and they went back to fishing, and all night they fished, and nothing was caught until in the very morning there's this man standing on the shore he says have you caught any fish and probably have to grimly say no we didn't catch any fish 
So he says, throw your net on the other side. And they throw the net on the other side, and when they, when they throw it and they pull it back up, it was so strong that they, they realized that this was not just any normal haul of fish. It's a huge haul of fish, so much so that after they encountered all of the fish, it was 153 fish. Now, Peter immediately recognized that this is just no ordinary man. It was Jesus himself. So he grabs his cloak, he jumps off the boat, and he swims to shore. And when he gets to shore, he sees Jesus, who's already done some pre-fishing before uh, the disciples could get to the shore. He saw fish on a fire, reminiscent very, very much of a, a meal, a communion. And so as they, they sit down, all the rest of the disciples come in. Jesus tells them to grab some additional fish to put on the fire. And there they share a meal. It's a quiet meal. Peter, I'm sure at this point, is probably feeling still a little awkward because of the fact that he had denied his Lord three times. And it's here that when they finished eating, this is John 21, verse 15, when they finished eating, Jesus said to Simon, Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And, and Peter responds with, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. But Jesus doesn't stop there. He says, feed my lambs. But then again, he asks Simon as well. Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter says, yes, Lord, you, you know that I love you. Jesus responds with, take care of my sheep. And then a third time. Interestingly, how many times did Jesus, I'm mean, sorry, did Peter deny Jesus, three times. The third time. Simon, son of John, do you love me? And it's at this point, it's, it's kind of like, you know, Simon, uh, Peter or Simon's heart is, you know, it's cut. It's like Peter was hurt because Jesus had asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know that in all things, you know that I love you. Jesus responds with, feed my sheep. In fact, it goes on in verse 18. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and you went where you want, wanted to. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. So Jesus here, he asks Peter three times, do you love me? And interestingly enough as well, probably everybody figured out by then that Peter denied Jesus three times. He perhaps lost credibility, and it's here that Jesus is working to restore Peter, not only in front of the disciples as well, but to see that Jesus is restoring Peter. He is a redemptive God. He is a God of second chances. And it's here that, that, that Jesus is ushering, he's... he's handing over the mantleship of leadership to Peter, who would help usher in and lead the church. In fact, we find that in Acts 2, after Pentecost had happened, after the Holy Spirit had descended, who is it that stands up and he preaches to everybody? Peter. It's there that Peter as well gets up and he begins to lead the church forward. 
Sometimes, perhaps in our lives, sometimes we feel like we're stuck and feel like there's nothing left. And maybe, maybe, feel, maybe Peter at some point was maybe feeling like this. But remember that your story is not finalized. You know, how many times have we messed up? And Peter, he messed up. But you have a choice. You can choose to continue to write that story. In faithfulness to the Lord. Life is a journey, as I've indicated before. And life, sometimes, sometimes in life, we sometimes have detours. As we're driving along, we, we may have to turn and sometimes we may, we may get take off on an exit too early. Sometimes we don't always get, get it right, whether it's a lack of faith or, or we're trying to trust in ourselves or trying to do our own thing. Sometimes it's a detour that because it's, it looks enticing and in the end it delays us from the party. And, and sometimes these detours as well can cause us deep pain, such so that our decisions as well can have massive ramifications. It can lead to loss of relationships, of, of trust, and even our own health. Perhaps you're suffering from depression. And yet as well, even in the pain and in the journey and these detours as well, there are lessons that can be learned. Peter didn't intend to take a detour and deny Jesus. But yet, God is still redemptive. God is loving and God restores Peter as well. Now, I'm not advocating you to go on a detour, okay? Because the pain and the loss and everything, it's just not worth it. But yet at the same time too, God can do an amazing work in our lives and can only serve to further strengthen and embolden us to move us forward. Sometimes those difficult challenges in life also help shape us. And it's, we can either choose to learn from them or we can suffer by them. Now Peter, he tell, sorry, Jesus, he tells Peter to follow him. So he's passing on the mantle leadership, and as I said, next he begins to preach as well, to lead by example, so much so that Peter regularly, he's teaching, he's preaching, he's grabbed, he's thrown in jail, somehow God miraculously springs him out of jail. His faithfulness to God is unwavering. And yet he's still not even a finished product, because even, even in Acts 10 and 11, there's this man named Cornelius who has this dream. God recognizes that he's a faithful man, and yet he's not a Jew. He's a Gentile. And the Lord tells him to send servants to go and grab Peter to come over and, and, and to share the word of God to Cornelius and his family. Meanwhile, God is speaking to, to Peter at the same time as well, giving him a dream of a sheep following down with, with, with animals that are unclean. And, 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 and an angel says, to, you know, to kill and eat them. He's like, Lord, no, this is, these are all uh, unclean animals. Anyways, the next, the next morning, he hears a knock on the door, and they call him to go to Cornelius. And it's there, when he gets to Cornelius, he's sharing, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit falls upon, and he preaches with conviction and power. And all of these individuals, especially Cornelius, give their life to the Lord. But guess what happens after that? He goes back to, uh, I, I can't remember off the top of my head, and they begin to question Peter. How dare you go into the house of an uncircumcised man, a Gentile, and share the word of the Lord? 
And, and Peter relates his story and shares that, look, I was preaching and I, you know, I saw this dream that the Lord gave me of a, cloud, of, of a sheep with animals on it that were unclean and, and he told me to kill and eat. And ultimately, what I've learned is that this gospel message that we have is not just for us, not just for the Jews or Israel, but for even the Gentiles. And we here we see that this man that, who was ushering and leading was also still not perfect. He was a work in progress, just like we all are. So I hope and pray that as we look to the life of Peter, may we take lessons in the fact of to be bold, to, to, to be faithful, to be loving, to be kind, but as well to learn from the example and, and remember that as well, that even as, as strong as Peter was, he was also, he was not infallible, but yet God restored him and helped lead him and called him to lead the church, to be the rock, the Cephas, the Peter, the Petrus. God can do an amazing work in your life, and I hope and pray that you will allow God to do so. And all it does, all it takes is to ask God, Lord, please today, Lord, I give my life to you. Lead me and help me by your Holy Spirit. God can do a wonderful and amazing, redemptive, redeeming work in you. And as well, to move like Peter did. May God bless you, lead you, and guide you. Father in heaven, thank you for another day of life. And Lord, as we look to the life of Peter, Lord, may we learn and grow by his example as well. And Lord, as well, thank you for being a graceful God. Lord, although we may look ordinary, we are all special in your eyes, Lord. You know the hairs on our head. And as well, Lord, we are diamonds and jewels in your eyes. May we not forget your great sacrifice and love for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day, grace and peace. We hope you have been blessed by this message from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. You can find more messages at www.downeychurch.org. God bless.